1: Julie Bauke. You know Julie. She's the president of the Bauke group. Take me through it as far as first of all linking, you know, LinkedIn, other social media outlets, and how much that impacts your career, your workplace, and talking about training, college grads. Take me through what's going on today and update me. Yeah. So
2: so the last few years have really any sort of line between work and the rest of your life has disintegrated. It was the fact that technology causes or allows us to be available uh, and working 24-7. The COVID put us in our homes, which took us out of the four walls. And so it shouldn't be a big shock to us that people people aren't good at separating what's appropriate to post on LinkedIn, to post online when it comes to management of your career. So the the boundaries are gone. So we're seeing it on platforms like LinkedIn, which was started to be and I think still needs to be completely a business platform. And you literally see it almost turning into Facebook, Mm -hmm. which I hate because I think it really diminishes its its power in your career, which can be significant.
1: Yeah, so – the advice, and I, I even tell my teenage kids, you know, just understand anything on social media anywhere can and will be used against you in your future. So don't do it. Resist, you know, even if yeah. it's a joke, because some people will say, "Oh, I was, you know, I was kidding around or I was doing a prank," and they did it when they were younger. But the problem is, if people will look at something that was satire, even, and um. and say, "Oh, look at look at what so and so did." It can get you fired. You
2: want to really think about who can see this, who will see this, and how it might be misinterpreted. So I tell people, look, if you okay, so let's take let's take a real life example. You've got a HVAC repair truck going down the highway, and they have political bumper stick they have political stickers all over it, for one party or another. It doesn't matter which one. Mm -hmm. I always look at that and say, why would you? Why is that necessary? If you feel so strongly about your opinion, that's great. But know that you're probably, there's probably about half the people yeah. that look at that and say, "Ah, eh, I'm going to find somebody else. <laughs> because I look at that as, you know, why I look at, if you put political bumper stickers all over your work vehicle, you certainly have the right to do that. But I look at that and say, how good, that's, in my opinion, that's not good business judgment. And why would you, why can't you separate out your personal opinions from how you do your work and i know we've got and so you know also weighing on this dawn is the younger generations who are like no i need to bring the whole me to work you need to know the whole me and,
1: <laughs> yeah. okay. and we're like no i, you know? I don't
2: <laughs> right yeah and there's there's a cost to that yes. we're still in a world where the older generations are still frankly in charge and so you can come you know, in a blaze of glory, whatever you define that as, into the workplace. But you have people who are making decisions and judgments about you who are your parents' age and, in some cases, your grandparents' age. And so there has to be that awareness of your surroundings with every decision you make. And that includes posting
1: on business platforms like LinkedIn because it all goes into how people see you, good, bad, or ugly. And so as we continue the conversation here with Julie Bauke, president of the Bauke Group – you know, I know that you're looking at different studies that say 40% of business leaders think Gen Z candidates, those younger candidates who graduated between 2020 and 23, are unprepared for the workforce. I can vouch for this, the, the next report about those between 57 and 75 continuing in the workplace. I have a relative who has a big company and was getting all these applicants, ultimately started hiring, in particular, women in their 50s and 60s. And he said, wow, they're my best employees because their kids their kids are grown. Absolutely. They're, you know, so they're empty nesters. They are so focused on the job. They're very experienced. Some of them came into it overqualified. But he is delighted as if he discovered this. And I know that for you, (laughs) you know, (laughs) but for you, I mean, you're looking at all of the stats and seeing that other people are discovering that, too.
2: Yeah, and it's, um, so I'm a fan of a multi-generational workforce. So older workers not only have, you know, a different work ethic, they, like you said, sometimes the kids are raised and gone. Women especially have been used to wild multitasking (laughs) and trying to manage all aspects of life. When they come into work, you know, I go, yeah, I can do this. They're stable, they're predictable. And, you know, two things about older workers is that, the old retire at 62 or 65 and sit on the porch in a rocking chair, those days are gone, and I don't know that they were ever desirable. Mm-hmm. Um, and people want to stay relevant, and they want to stay involved. Yeah. The other side of that that I think we can't overlook is that a lot of older people, they can't afford to retire. So this is not, I'm just going to la-di-da because I'm bored. For so many, this is really, I have to keep working. And that's a really powerful cocktail of reasons to really look differently at older workers. And I think our society, so I think when we think of older workers, unfortunately, we picture Dianne Feinstein in a wheelchair, Mm -hmm. you know, and, and, and that's not where we are. And older people have a lot to contribute, want to contribute, but coming out of COVID, they also are interested in flexibility, just like younger generations, because maybe they have grandkids they have to take care of. Mm-hmm. They still have really elderly parents that they have to take care of. They have health issues, so they can't go, you know, a thousand miles an hour, 40 plus hours a week. So how can you, as, a, as an employer, be creative, still capitalize on the talent, but meet people part way. And so they also get more of what they want. And, and I also, I would say that at frankly about any generation.
1: Well, Julie Bauke, I know you're also a career coach, somebody who, you know, you're founder of the Bauke group. You do speak public speaking. You do all these coaching um, for people, coaching careers. What's your best piece of advice? And people can find you the Bauke, the Bauke group.com, dot com. But What's your biggest piece of advice for somebody who's looking to Mm. maybe transition to a different career, no matter what their age? I know a lot of people are thinking about physically moving, but as well, maybe they think, you know what? There are so many job openings right now. I want to transition. I want my career to evolve. I know your hashtag is the Evolved Career. How does somebody, what what do those first steps look like for somebody? The first step is, you have first, let's embrace the fact
2: that the days of starting in one job and staying in it for 40 years were never healthy. We have to live our career in chapters, just like we do our life. So when your life, when you feel that you are ready to pivot to a different chapter, then you want to step away. In other words, if you only worked for the XYZ company for 10 Mm -hmm. years, it is very easy to fall into the belief that, all you know is the XYZ company, therefore, no one will hire you. So the first thing you have to do, and it's hard to do it for yourself, but it's worth it, is separate out mm-hmm. separate out what you did from where you did it. So the skills and the experiences you got working for the XYZ company are not unique, or in other words, only needed by the XYZ company. So you want atta- to, I say you want to um, separate the nouns mm-hmm. from the verbs. What did you do? And then what's it called in more, let's call it the open market. And then, like, if you were a project manager, if you have knowledge of a particular technology or a, a particular digital marketing app or, you know, skill set, figure that out. What did you do there? Not who paid you to do it. Then go on a place, go on a board, go on LinkedIn, go on FlexJobs, go on Indeed, mm-hmm. become a researcher. Put in those key phrases for what you did and become and educate yourself on who else is looking is looking for somebody who did who does what you did and then make sure that both your resume and your LinkedIn profile reflect your skills not your employer yeah. and that is such and we help people do this all the time and we know that it's very hard to do it for yourself because we see ourselves as first as an employee of mm-hmm. the xyz corporation i think yeah. that's changing but especially older the older generations do and you're not and just because you've been someplace for 10 or 20 years i'm having conversations people in their late 50s right now who say okay well you know i'm being ignored at work mm-hmm. because they don't believe i'm going to go anywhere they believe i don't have any options and they're saying you know yeah i am going to go someplace because what people are seeing is if i've been someplace 20 30 years 10 years five years I still have value, but the place to start is to, for you to figure out what your value is first. Yeah. Before you go to the market and start applying for other jobs,
1: so you can't
2: re, you can't rely on another company or somebody else to figure out what your value is. You have to know what it is, identify it, own it, and be able to state it and share it with others. You can make a career transition at any you know at any age within reason. You're not yeah. going to be an astronaut at 50, no, you know. So you, you want to yeah. be reasonable about it, but it, um, I'll put it this way. It is to virtually everyone listening right now, virtually everyone, it's more
1: possible than you think it is. Nice. I love it. So you say there's a chance. Julie Bauke, thank yes, you so is. much.